The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 24th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Bandito's Fresh Made Daily Kickoff with your host, Phil Halk. Ladies and gentlemen, just back from his triumphant tour of Micronesia and back by popular demand, it's the Fighting Irish poet, Sir Philip Halk. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you are so kind. Oh, I love you too. Thank you, thank you so much. <clears throat> I call this one the glow of eight and zero. Twenty twenty, the college football year of COVID. We've loved our Irish and we voted. A bye week ranked number two at eight and zero. Let's review the games and enjoy the glow. Week one, the Dukies. They were tough valiantly fought to call our bluff. But we got to know a man named Kyren. Running the football became his play pen. Next up, South Florida. Charlie Jr. coaching him up. A guru of offense. An ND guy sends a pup. The defense tenacious. And Sebo a stud. A 52-0 bashing. Charlie's offense a dud. Game three, Florida State, they came to town looking to avoid an Irish beatdown. But points were cheap. Kyron Williams ran wild. The once great Seminoles again were defiled. The Cardinal next came looking to spoil the role. Jonathan Dorr for a half, the offense's soul. The O-line then inflicted insult and injury. A brutal close game ended in victory. The Pitt Panthers then hosted the first game on the road. Proud of their defense, Narduzzi's blather flowed. The Irish offense showed balance. Skoranek scored two. Ian Book in the defense led another breakthrough. On the road against Georgia Tech, the Irish favorites to blow out the rambling wreck. 31-13 win. Just an ohum day, but a perfect 6-0 with number one on the way. The game had been circled. Kelly had to admit, the Irish greeted Clemson with old-school spirit. Ian, Kyron, McKinley, Davis, the defense, and number one went down. A monster step taken towards an elusive national crown. Now... The Irish have gone to 8-0 at B.C. Skoranek and Book, they hooked up for three. Penalties and turnovers, a bit of a mixed bag. But the glow of 8-0 is something to brag. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you are wondrous. I owe it all to the Irish. Three more to go. We can do this. Then the playoffs. Thank you, thank you so much. You are so kind. Thank you, thank you. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. Raise the bar. This is Fighting Irish Preview. 
The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441 8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim Priester, another win by the Irish. So what's this week's perception? And uh, I think it might have something to do with uh, good play by the wide receivers and a defense that maybe looks a little tired. Yeah, I think they, I mean, Brian Kelly said that they played tired. They were tired. And I think we saw that on occasion. I, I, I think that in this day and age with the, the amount of offense that, that's out there, giving up 33 points to Clemson in regulation and 31 at Boston College isn't exactly imploding. But, uh, you know, by Notre Dame standards, uh, their scoring defense has almost doubled in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, they, there are things that they need to get better at. They need to get more of a four-man pass rush, and uh, the corners need to be more sound and uh, more consistent productivity out of the buck linebacker. But I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking there. This is still a great defense, and I think the week off will will certainly help them. Well, I think you made the point this week in one of your articles, uh, or at least I read it on Irish Illustrated, and that is 40 points and 31. Yeah, that's a lot by Notre Dame standards. But if you look at college football these days, uh, those point totals are, are nothing compared to what's going on in a lot of places. Uh, I want to talk about those wide receivers, Tim. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to go to the obvious guy. I want to talk about Avery Davis first. Uh you know, I see him as just continuing to improve, and I, I always was 
believed, and you can correct me on this, that he was one of the team's fastest guys. Shouldn't we expect his role to expand? I mean, maybe return punts or something like that, because the man is playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, he really is. And I, and I can remember being at the Pittsburgh game. He caught a couple passes, and I thought, you know, he's he's fast, but he's just not going for it. I know he's faster than that. Well, since then, he's going for it. <laughs> and he's catching the ball, and he's catching it at full speed. They ran a jet sweep with him, and he ran for 29. And we saw just how explosive he can be. And I think a lot of times it comes down to an athlete just having confidence in his ability Um, You know, he was a quarterback by trade, so he's still learning the wide receiver or the slot receiver position. And so I think just the confidence kicked in. And once the confidence kicks in, uh, we start to see see what a uh, truly fast football player he is. Yeah, I really like seeing him coming out of that slot. And all right, let's talk about Ben Skoranek. Three touchdowns all uh, in the by halftime. uh, Now established in the red zone, and that's a weapon that the Irish really needed. Tim, how good is Ben Skoranek? Does he have next-level skills? Uh, it's a little hard for me to judge that. I, you know, you got to be great to play in the NFL. I think Skoranek's done a really nice job. They, they accentuated him in the red zone. He wants the ball. He's a confident, aggressive football player. Uh, as you mentioned, they need help in the red zone from their wideouts making plays, and he stepped forward and did that when Notre Dame had to settle for a field goal on their opening drive. He went back to the sideline and shared with uh, the coaching staff that if you throw me the ball, I'll catch it in the end zone. And lo and behold, they did it three times, and he caught all three for, uh, as you mentioned, first half touchdowns. He's a really good college football player. Um, I I love the fact that he chose to come to Notre Dame to prove uh, that that he is a high-level performer coming from Northwestern. I don't know about the NFL. I do know that he's 6'3", 225, somewhere in that range, 230. He's got very strong hands. That was something we saw one spring practice, and it was obvious that he was a guy that you could throw the ball to in a contested catch situation, and he was strong enough to come down with it. So playing really good football and moving forward, a very key member of that passing game. Yeah, well, big, fast guys who catch the football always seem to be able to find jobs. Uh, fumbling issues. Uh uh, three three lost in the last game, seven fumbles lost in eight games. Tim, the Irish lost a grand total of nine fumbles in the previous two seasons, 26 games. Now seven fumbles lost in eight games. Uh, that horrifies me. Or have I been just spoiled by the great ball security uh, we have seen in recent years, or is this really a problem? I, I think we are a little spoiled. Nine fumbles lost in two years is a pretty ridiculously low Figure, But I think some of these are correctable. First of all, one of the three Saturday was the exchange between Ian Book and Chris Tyree. And I think that that's just, you know, a freshman not knowing when he has to go ahead and take the football from the quarterback. The one with Kyron Williams, that's just a ball security issue. When you sidestep a tackle and then head back upfield, you have to know that there are defenders coming up from behind and he didn't protect the football. So I think that's fairly easily uh, corrected. And Skoranek, it was the, the third one. And, and um, I mean, I don't know. I thought he secured the ball pretty well. It was punched out. You have to be aware in today's game the defenders are going to try to rake and punch the football out of it. Logie Gilman made a living off of it the previous two years. So you have to be – you have to protect the football more than you used to because 
one guy's tackling and two, the second and third guy coming up are trying to to dislodge the football. Yeah, well, I, I really like uh, the fact that the Irish come back and continue to show confidence in Kyron Williams right away, and he answers the bell. A great talent. Hopefully he can clean some of the other issues up. Okay, one area of obvious concern, the, the story that hit early this week and uh, something that we really didn't know anything about during the game, and that's center Jarrett Patterson. Now, we usually talk about injuries in the second half, but I think this one's one that needs a little more uh, discussion. How do the Irish replace Patterson, who was really playing good football on that offensive line? I understand there's four candidates. Uh, that's been whittled down to two, really. And, you know, Patterson, I mean, he did a solid job last year as a first-time starter, a redshirt freshman last year. But this year, he's just moving people off the football. Uh, a really smart kid, a quick study. And, uh, you know, it's it's a significant blow when you're talking about uh, offensive line that's competing for the Joe Moore Award. But it's really come down to either Josh Lug, who's been a tackle but has dabbled at center, particularly in the spring of 2019. And then redshirt freshman Zeke Corral, a very aggressive, active center, a center by trade. Um, I think they tried to straighten that or, or come up with a conclusion this week or at least heading into the weekend with Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I would think on Monday there would be a pecking order. My guess is it's going to be Josh Lug because he's a redshirt junior. He's six seven three ten, which is a little bit long for the center position. But now you have all seniors or redshirt seniors up front, and um, I, you know, this is a line predicated upon size and power and running the football. And I think if you, I, I think Zeke Corral will, could do a fine job. They may end up picking him, but I think it'll be Lug, and I think it's just the age and time into the in the program. And he's a versatile guy. He's really kind of kind of been the backup at all those positions for the last, uh, certainly for this season and at times last season. Well, it's really nice to to have those <laughs> options and uh, also uh, nice to know that uh, Josh Lug at 6'7", that, I just like the sound of that. Corral pretty big too. Uh, and it's good that we're having a uh, bye week to get those guys acclimated to the center position because that is an adjustment. Uh, Tim, running back rotation now, uh, Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, Sebo Flemister. Is there room for three in this backfield? I think there is. I think you look across college football and a lot of lot of programs, a lot of teams are are using as many as three backs. I think so. They all bring a little something different. We saw Flemister as the power guy that won't go down. Uh, Kyron Williams is won't go down either, but he's a little bit more slippery. But he plays with power too. And then Tyree's more of your breakaway back, although I thought against Boston College, he ran with some power as well. So I think in this day and age with this the specialty of positions, the variety of ways that running backs can be used, whether it's straight out of the backfield or in the slot or a jet sweep or whatever, I think you can. Now, there are going to be games where you're going to accentuate one or two over the third one. But, uh, you know, a lot of times, especially with an undefeated Notre Dame team, there are opportunities where they get ahead and you can use all three. So I think it's a good situation. I think each one of them is talented and they all bring something to the equation that's positive. Yeah, it's great uh, to have that depth and three guys. uh, What a luxury for the Irish. Um, Handle this one like a quick hit. Tim, is Ian Book, whose level of uh, play has uh, raised for the second straight 
game, uh, really just playing his best football ever. Should he be a Heisman Trophy candidate? Is he? I think that's a little premature. And, I, I, you know, a lot of people thought he should have been unseated until right. as the start of until two games ago. But, no, I think it's premature. 11 touchdown passes, just one interception. I know he's a runner. Uh, I don't know exactly who all the, the, the candidates are, but I think that's a little – that's a bit of an overreaction based upon two games, uh, albeit against uh, one of them against the number one team in the country. Well, maybe a lifetime achievement award is what uh, you I would agree with that. Did. Yeah, absolutely. And and eight no says a lot, but you're right. The the numbers that he's putting up are just not Heisman Trophy gaudy. Uh, and we're going to talk about a Heisman Trophy candidate or a quarterback from Notre Dame in the second segment. Now. Tim, uh, bye weeks give us the opportunities to look beyond the season into the future a little bit. So let's let's talk just a bit about recruiting. Currently, the class of 2021 is rated number eight nationally. 22 recruits now. Uh, one just came in late in the week. Uh, has the Irish's success on the field been a factor? Is it helping at this moment with recruiting? I don't think there's uh, really any doubt about that. They 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 got. Um, um, Riley back, the cornerback that had decommitted. They they um, received a, a, a commitment from a kicker, Josh Bryan, who was verbally committed to Colorado. You know, and they they got Kahanu Kia, a linebacker from Honolulu, from the, actually the same high school as Manti Teo. There's no doubt. I mean, when you when you beat the number one team in the country and you're eight zero and you've won forty one out of forty seven, it's difficult to not notice Notre Dame if you're a top recruit. I think that the the, uh, uh, the two key ones coming up, Caleb Johnson, who's verbally committed to to uh, Auburn, but a guy I really love, uh, Kelvin Gilliam, who's uh, a defensive end who's committed to Oklahoma. Those are significant catches if Notre Dame can get them. I think they expect to get both of them. I think Kelvin Gilliam is a Khalid Kareem lookalike uh, in terms of how he plays the game, maybe only with a little bit more of a pass rush. So some big things are happening. When you start taking away defensive linemen from Oklahoma and offensive linemen from Auburn, you've caught the attention of everybody out there. No doubt. Uh, you know, and as I said, the Irish ranked eighth nationally. They could move up a little bit. Uh, interesting to note, though, that the three of the teams that are ahead of Notre Dame include, of course, Clemson, Ohio State, and number one, Alabama. So the rich always get richer, and with the Irish success, hopefully they're going to get richer. Uh, Tim, uh, you talked to athletic director Jack Swarbrick this week, and uh, uh, so far we've I've only seen one segment. It's going to be a multi-part article on Irish Illustrated, but um, Swarbrick, I, in my mind, always an interesting interview. Uh, here's my question. Clark Lee and Tommy Reese, and he had some rave reviews for those two coaches. Is it possible that Notre Dame has a coach in waiting? And I know you brought that up with Jack Swarbrick. Yeah, I, if if that's true, it, it, it's conversations that we're not going to be privy to. Uh, and that's the way he wants it. I, although seven months ago, uh, Muffet McGraw retired and Neil Ivey, was the coach in waiting and nobody knew about that when she was named. So it could happen, but here's the thing. Brian Kelly's contract is through 2024. He could stay longer than that. If this current streak of success continues, Um, Jack Swarbrick said that uh, coach in waiting when you're many, many years out, 
from from you know when your head coach is expected to leave can be divisive. So I mean, but clearly, uh, Clark Lee in particular, Tommy Reese, he's a young guy, but Clark Lee in particular is is a guy that projects as as a head coach at Notre Dame someday. And he was the Swarbrick was talking about what a good fit that both of those guys are for Notre Dame. So that opens up possibilities down the road, but the whole coach and waiting theory, um, I mean, how many times has it happened? It, it's really a very, very rare occurrence. It happened with Urban Meyer and Ryan Day, uh, but it's you, you've got to be careful about those situations. I, if Notre Dame ever approaches Clark Lee about being their head coach, He'll take the job. I don't think we have to worry about that. Okay, well, maybe there's a double-secret type of agreement or something like that. Tim, one last one. Finals this week, students then leaving campus. Semester over, uh, uh, for the bubble for these player players uh, that are, of course, staying on campus changes significantly. Is that a good thing? I mean, have we seen possibly the worst of the risk of COVID spread with the students leaving campus? I, I would hesitate to say that anytime you give a football team Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, oh, good point. You know, bad, bad things can happen. But this has been a very disciplined football team. They know what's ahead of them. They know what they've accomplished. They know the situation awaiting them. Now, it only takes one or two guys to make a bad decision in the COVID era that can make uh, big things really difficult for a football team. But being on a campus by yourself, less students, less distractions. Uh, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing either. Okay, thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero. Key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 349th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine the light into my room. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home right now take advantage of our 12 months zero percent interest payment plan and estimates are always free so call bushies at 456-1247 stop into our showroom or check out bushiesfw.com bushies windows doors and remodeling your clear choice your clear choice is bushies your clear choice is bushies The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. After bye weeks in the Brian Kelly era, the Irish are 12 and 2. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. 
Flight by Yingling. Now available wherever beer is sold. DJ Yingling and Sun Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the number two ranked Irish have a bye this week. Their next game will be on Friday, November 27th, the day after Thanksgiving, at number 24, North Carolina. TV coverage for that game will be on ABC and start at 3.30 p.m. South Bend time. So, plan your holiday weekend accordingly. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons. We share your boating passion. This week, we're going to take a break from our series on the great pass catchers of the Brian Kelly era so we can honor a member of the Notre Dame family that was lost recently. Paul Horning passed away last Friday at the age of 84. Horning, the golden boy, accomplished the near impossible. In 1956, he played quarterback for a really bad 2-8 and eight Notre Dame team, but was so good that at the end of the season, he was named the best college football player in the nation. A native of Louisville, Horning became the fifth Notre Dame player to be named as the Heisman Trophy winner. And like his predecessors, he won it because he was versatile. That year, he finished second in the country in total offense, was responsible for more than half of Notre Dame's yards gained, led the Irish in passing, rushing, scoring, kickoff and punt returns, punting, place kicking, passes broken up, and was second on the team in tackles and interceptions. Oh, and he averaged six points a game after the season as a player on the basketball team. Horning was the first pick overall in the NFL draft. He went on to a stellar career in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers where he played halfback and handled kicking chores. Teaming up with the legendary Vince Lombardi, he won championships, MVP and All-Pro honors, and led the league in scoring three consecutive seasons. After retiring, Horning went into broadcasting, and for years he teamed up with Lindsey Nelson on the Sunday morning Notre Dame replay. Later, he teamed up with Tony Roberts on the Notre Dame radio network. Paul Horning is the only player to win the Heisman Trophy, be selected as the first overall selection in the NFL draft, win the NFL Most Valuable Player Award, and be inducted into both the professional and college football halls of fame. Tim, some have said Paul Horning was the greatest player in Notre Dame history. Well, he certainly was the most versatile. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't even know if versatility encapsulates just, just how diverse his game was. But all the all the categories that you said he led. And he was, I guess in some respects, that makes him a little ahead of his time. Uh, although I guess it's more of a specialty game now. But the Golden Boy, big personality, rare personality. Uh, he wore it very well. There's no doubt about that. Um, I never had, I was in his presence. I never had the opportunity to meet him and speak with him, but he did, uh, he commanded a room. He commanded the people in attendance and that's, uh, that's why he was golden boy. Very, uh, colorful guy. And, and a quote that I read in his biography or his autobiography called golden boy was this never get married in the morning because you never know who you might meet that night. <laughs> And that is Paul Horning. 1956 Heisman Trophy winner, Paul Horning, the Golden Boy. Another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. May he rest in peace. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage early line on an Irish victory over North Carolina in two weeks. Tim, Mac Brown has really moved this program forward in just two seasons. 
They stand at 6-2. and two. Their two losses were narrow defeats to Florida State and Virginia. Last week, they beat Wake Forest 59-53 to and are also enjoying a bye this week. Tim, what can you say? They score a lot of points. They're loaded with good receivers, are among the national leaders in scoring and total offense. On the other hand, they've given up 30.8 points per game. They're 97th against the pass, and they give up a lot of sacks. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage early line on the Tar Heels? Well, you know, I, they have more weapons than Clemson offensively. They really do. Uh, that's how deep they are. A thousand, couple thousand yard rushers or guys that will be 1,000 yard rushers. Uh, receivers, a, a multitude of receivers. Sam Howell, tells, Sam Howell ties it all together at quarterback. Uh, they are really good offensively. As good as Notre Dame's defense is, Notre Dame's defense is going to have a really hard time keeping this team out of the 30s. Having said that, as good as they are offensively, they are that bad defensively. And so, when this game, when you when you compare these two teams, when you go on the road, you'd like to have the better defense, and it's not even close. Notre Dame clearly does. And that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage early line on North Carolina. And Tim Priester for this week's Aspen Mortgage key player. Let me throw out a name for you to talk about. Kurt Heinisch. You know, he doesn't show up in a lot of stats this year, but he has been an anchor in the middle of the Irish D. And Kurt Heinisch had an inauspicious debut the first day you saw him on the practice field. <laughs> yeah, he had a uniform on that looked a little bit too small for him, and it, it wasn't wasn't a great look for a nose tackle. But, uh, now, a really good ball player. A lot of respect for Kurt Heinisch. He puts the team first. Football is important to him. It was from the day that he walked on campus, um, you know, as far as representing Notre Dame on the football field. A lot of respect for him. Does a lot of the dirty work. Has really done a pretty good job, though, of, of for a nose tackle penetrating this year and making some stops behind the line of scrimmage. I think it really, Notre Dame stout defense, it starts right there in the middle with him. A lot of respect for Kurt Heinisch. And I understand he has a brother who may be on his way to, to South Bend as well? Well, he's, he has a brother by the name of Donovan Heinisch who was just offered a scholarship. He'd be in the class of 2022. If he's anything like his brother Kurt, I think he'll probably end up choosing Notre Dame. Well, it's all about attitude with Kurt Heinisch, uh, along with some physical skills, and he's been fun to watch play. Kurt Heinisch is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN, and it's now time for the injury report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 20 Indiana locations. Tim, we've talked about the, the season-ending injury to Jared Patterson, a major loss but bye weeks are great for getting healthy. So where do the Irish stand this week? Well, by uh, the day after Thanksgiving, Braden Lindsay should be back with uh, the Notre Dame team, not in the starting lineup, but a guy that you can bring in offers a lot of speed. It's, it would be good to have him back. Sebo Flemister appeared to uh, be in a pretty serious condition late in the Boston College game, but we were told that it wasn't serious, the leg injury that he had. So he should be back in action. But uh, this team really, really, everybody always says the bye came at the right time. This 
it clearly did for this team. Maybe not for Ian Book, who probably would like to play this weekend again, but certainly for the defense, which was showing a little bit of wear and tear after playing six weekends in a row. Yeah, absolutely. And the, remember, the Irish have actually played eight games at this point, and uh, there's only three or four other teams in the country that have played that many. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Uh, Tim Priester, the Irish have three regular season games left as they make a bid for an undefeated regular season. Give me a few words on each and set an early line for those games, and we probably already have one for the first one, and that's North Carolina. And I'm going to give you the uh, the percentage that they are favored by on ESPN, 70.7% favorability for the Irish over North Carolina. Ooh, that's, that's pretty high for a North Carolina team that has a bunch of offense, but I, I think the line opened at six, six and a half. If it creeps above a touchdown, I wouldn't be shocked, but that's a lot of offense um, to be giving North Carolina points at home. Um, so, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where that goes, but Notre Dame can pack that defense uh, when they travel uh, to, to North Carolina and they're going to need it. Okay, and then December 5th, the Irish uh, back at home against Syracuse, the Irish 97.6% favorites in that game. Yeah, uh, it, it could be higher than that. That percentage actually fell. Syracuse, is, Syracuse actually has done some good things defensively. I know going in to last weekend, they were leading the nation in turnovers caused. Their defense has been better than anticipated but they're not going to be able to keep pace with Notre Dame. I, being at, at home at Notre Dame, somewhere in the vicinity of 24 and a half, 27 and a half, a little bit higher, I think something along those lines, Phil. 24 and a half uh, or something higher, uh, the Irish over Syracuse. And the regular season finale when the Irish will be going for a perfect 11-0 and 0 at Wake Forest. This is the game that was rescheduled from September, and that game will be on December 12th, the Irish are 79.3% favored. Yeah, an- another quality offense, Sam Hartman, that Notre Dame knocked around a few years ago, uh, has ascended to the starting role. A real real feisty, fiery player for them. Uh, very productive, somebody that you have to be aware of. Um, that could be high scoring, too. They're, they're not as likely to score as much as on paper, anyway, that North Carolina would. But I would think that that line would be uh, Nording favored by, boy, I don't have a real good feel for that, Phil. I don't know, 10 and a half, 12 and a half, a little bit more. Okay. They have enough offense where they can they can compete with with most teams. Yeah. And they've, they've been, they won, after they lost their first two, they'd won four in a row and then lost a, a shootout to North Carolina. I'm guessing my feeling would be somewhere two in the two-score range, 10 to 14. Uh, so, according to that, the Irish would finish the regular season at 11-0, and and that is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And I completely agree. Fans believe it. An undefeated regular season is within Notre Dame's grasp. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. 
podcast by Federated Media. Mm-hmm.